What if there was a different way to enjoy food and engage in life? Beyond the barrage of nutrition hype, the shoulds, and the judgment, beyond the constant striving to be thinner, fitter, someone other than who you really are, what if there was a way to eat that is mindful, non-judgmental, joyful, empowering, a way that leads to feeling better, having more energy, and living your best life? You're listening to VegHead Speaks with me, your host, Robin Wong. Join me as we explore plant-based eating for people who want to eat well and live well. Hello, hello, and welcome to VegHead Speaks. I'm Robin Wong, a dietitian. I specialize in plant-based nutrition. And today I want to talk about prebiotics and probiotics. I often get asked by my clients whether they should take a probiotic. And while I think everyone should make this choice for themselves, I think it's really useful to have information to help you guide your decision. So that's why I'm doing this podcast. And let me start by giving you a brief overview. So there are trillions of bacteria called microbiota that live in the human GI system. And the GI system plus the microbes living there are often called, referred to the microbiome. And there's so much research being done on the microbiome these days. It's a huge, huge topic. And the microbiome we're, we're finding out is connected to mood and depression and, you know, obesity and inflammation and so, so many things. It goes back to that little song of, you know, the thigh bones connected to the hip bone. Everything is interrelated. It's not just ligaments and bones. It's, it's all your organs, okay? So this is a really important um, topic, the microbiome. So like I said, there's trillions of bacteria that live in your GI system. The prebiotics you often hear about are non-digestible carbohydrates that stimulate the growth and activity of healthy bacteria of the species that live in your large intestine. Um, the probiotics are the live microorganisms that are already in, in your, your micro, in your gut. And they're also present in fermented foods and supplements. And they do ha- offer a health benefit to, to you, the human host, by taking up residence in your gut. So, of course, you want the healthy um, microorganisms, right? And then the prebiotics kind of feed those. So if that makes sense, right? So like I said, the microbiota plays an important role in health and nutrition helps shape kind of the composition and the the metabolic activity of these these bacteria that live there. And studies show that a plant-based eating pattern can improve the health and prevent disease by influencing your microbiota. And I will link um, in the show notes some studies that show this um, so you you can read up on it Uh, yourself. So sort of the important functions of the microbiota, let's talk about those. There are thousands of species of gut microbiota that live in the gut. Some are healthy, and those are often you'll see in research referred to as symbionts, and some are unhealthy, and those are often referred to pathogens. And the pathogens are also um, sometimes what you'll find in spoiled food that make you sick. That's why you have a GI distress during those those times of illness when you eat a a pathogen that that gets through your stomach and gets into your GI system. So the, the healthy ones, the symbionts, aid digestion and absorption of nutrients. 
and they help synthesize certain vitamins and amino acids and improve immune function. So like vitamin K is one of those vitamins that's really, it's made by your, your little bacteria that live in your, your gut. It's, um, so it's, it's, they're, they're pretty important. Those little bacteria also help keep the pathogens in check so they, by crowding them out and they secrete substances that reduce their numbers. So it's really desirable to have obviously more of the healthy, um, the bacteria, the, because they can like kind of overcome the, the, the um, unhealthy ones, the pathogens. And since dietary fiber is not digested in the small intestine, so you think about the intestines and how they work, that all your food comes to your stomach, into your small intestines, works its way down into the colon, the, the large intestines. So fiber is not digested in the small intestines. A lot of absorption happens there, but the dietary fiber makes, makes its way down. And when it gets down in the large intestines, the, the back, healthy bacteria breaks it down and it releases these short chain fatty acids. And you'll see that when you read things, it's on the acronym of SCFA. That refer, refers to your short chain fatty acids. And these little um, short chain fatty acids improve the strength of the mucosal lining of your intestine. So if you hear of a leaky gut, um, you know, it's it's often because you're, you don't have a really strong lining, right? So that's what, and things can get in if you have leaky gut and things can get out. So you want a really strong lining. And, and, it, and then also helps the essential mineral absorption. It helps fat metabolism for weight control, and it helps reduce type two diabetes risk if you have a really strong lining. And so also research shows that your short chain fatty acids help reduce inflammation and there's so much talk about inflammation, and we know that it's a common cause for many chronic diseases, right? Inflammation. So there's always talk about reducing inflammation. So eating dietary fiber is a really good goal to help reduce your inflammation. So you might be wondering, how does microbiota actually influence my health? Well, there's some research that shows that people with higher number of genes in their bacteria, meaning there's a diverse um, bacteria group, okay, they consume more fruits and vegetables and whole grains. And there's lots of human studies that associate a higher bacterial gene count, meaning the diversity of them, with lower body weight, a lower risk of diabetes, less inflammation, and a healthier immune system when you're com when compared to those people that have lower bacterial gene counts. And they don't, and because they can, those people typically consume more fat and meat. So we know that dietary fiber is really, really important. And those people that have lower bacterial gene counts, and meaning less diverse um, uh, microbes, those people often are higher risk for obesity, insulin resistance, and higher cholesterol. And like I said earlier, that you know, high inflammation is often led, you know, contributes to these more chronic diseases. And those chronic diseases are the obesity, insulin resistance, and high cholesterol, among others. So we know that high fat and high meat diets promote certain groups of bacteria that increase inflammation. These higher undesirable bacterial profiles lead to obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and autoimmune diseases when compared to bacterial profiles in healthy people. I just said that earlier, so I just kind of want to reiterate that so you know. And I'll link some studies to show to my show notes for further reading about how diets, high, 
high in fat and meat promote undesirable bacteria and the mechanisms that break down these foods and how it increases risk of uh, cardiovascular disease and may even trigger non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. There's lots of studies about that. And I think if you're really interested, it's worthwhile reading how it all happens in the body, right? So information is, um, is powerful. So we do know diet quality makes a difference. A healthful diet improves the health and genetic diversity of the microbiota, preventing and treating diseases like obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and inflammation, and is associated with autoimmune diseases as well. So some human studies demonstrate that a high-fiber, plant-based diet prevent, actually also prevents an inflammatory bowel disease, IBD, and colon cancer. There's a pretty strong correlation between um, a high-meat, high-fat diet and the, the colon cancer incidence risk. So we know a total vegetarian diet elicits the control of known healthy bacteria while keep keeping with helping with weight loss and blood pressure control and reversing diabetes. So knowing that, you're like, okay, I, okay, I get it. I get that, you know, you know, eating dietary fiber and you get dietary fiber when you eat a plant-based diet um, helps with uh, my microbiota. But, you know, give me some guidelines. So here we go. I'll give you some. So some healthy uh, lifestyle guidelines for making a healthy um, biota. So we want to focus on fiber. That's no big surprise, right? Um, and that means building your, your diet around vegetables, fruits, whole, grain, uh, whole grains and legumes will really help improve the health of your microbiota. We know that um, you know, the average American really only consumes about 16 grams of fiber. And the, rec you know, the recommended amount is to consume at least 40 grams of fiber a day. That's a huge discrepancy. And so we know that you know, you know there's no fiber in meat. There's no fiber in fiber in dairy. So if that's you know what you're consuming, you're not getting any fiber with those calories and those food products. So eating um, the whole grains of vegetables, fruits, legumes is really the way to go. So the next uh, guidelines you can do is you know kind of focus on the prebiotics, and you can do that without taking a pill. If you try to consume about five to eight grams of plant-based uh, prebiotics daily, and you can get those with two cups of leafy greens or a half cup of beans. Um, other good sources are like Jerusalem artichokes, chicory root, raw dandelion greens, which I've never had, but I've heard they're delicious. Uh, leeks, onions, garlic, asparagus, whole wheat, uh, spinach, beans, bananas, oats, soybeans, you get the picture, okay? Um, those are all great. Those are all great food sources for your, for your microbi microbiome and a little bacteria in there. And then you want to, you know, there, probiotics um, are found live. They're live bacteria, like I said, and they're found in fermented foods or supplements. And hopefully you'll, you, as you eat them, they'll kind of take up residence in your gut. That's the idea. And so, um, you know, again, eating um, fermented foods in your diet, um, sources like sauerkraut, miso, tempeh, soy sauce, um, you know, kefir are all things you can eat for the probiotics. But just eating dietary fiber and, you know, um, 
feeding the ones you have, they'll proliferate. They'll actually grow. Bacteria grow really fast, right? And they and they multiply. So just keep that in mind. Just your your uh, fiber sources. More importantly, I think um, one of the guidelines is the foods to avoid. And that would be like your red meat, your high-fat dairy products, fried food, food additives. And you'll hear a lot about AGEs. And those are advanced glycated um, end products. And you find those um, in foods that are exposed to high heat, such as sausage links and sugar molecules found in candy bars. So really um, kind of any sort of... um, foods that are exposed to high heat and, you know, um, even barbecued meats have those. Um, I hate to tell people that love to barbecue, but um, those are things you want to avoid as well as any sort of um, processed, highly processed, you know, bacon, um, sausage, all those type of foods that, you know, are really highly processed. So you want to avoid those. Also fats, you want to limit fat intake, especially especially if you are at risk for type 2 diabetes. So you can, you know, instead you want to um, maybe include your fat sources like an ounce of nuts or seeds or a small amount of avocado so you get a little bit of fat in your diet. But if you have heart disease or are already trying to manage your diabetes, I would say avoid those till you can get your numbers in a more normal range. And then the big issue, I mean, people always ask about antibiotic, antibiotic use and, and how you, there's a real push right now to avoid using antibiotics. And, um, and so people are really careful not to take them, but yet they don't think about the exposure they get in their environment and, and the antibiotics that are used in animal agriculture. So 80% of the antibiotics used in animal agriculture makes it its way into our, our food system, right? I mean, it depends on how much meat products you eat, but we know there's a high use of antibiotics in the, in the food industry. And there's, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. Um, so, you know, by cutting down on animal products, you're already cutting down on the antibiotics that enter your body. And so while antibiotics have an important role, and sometimes you just have to take them, and I would encourage you to do so, um, when you need them, it's just being aware of all the areas in your life that you might be getting them um, and invo- avoid animal products that re- they will reduce your exposure to, to those agents. And so the other thing is um, we do know that lifestyle factors make a difference. So there's some evidence suggesting that exercise, getting enough sleep, and avoiding or managing your stress. And let's face it, we can't always avoid stress because of life, but learning to manage it successively is really important. And doing all these things has a positive impact on the health of your microbiota. So I hope that those tips help you. Um, Again, if you can focus on fiber, get some prebiotics, through, a, um, and through leafy greens and beans and, and focus on getting some probiotics by maybe eating some fermented foods, um, avoid red meats and high-fat dairy, uh, limit your fat intake, and really search out where possible antibiotic um, infiltration into your, into your, um, your diet and then try to re, you know look at your lifestyle factors and you know get more exercise, get better sleep, and manage your stress. 
then you can truly build up a really healthy microbiome and it will help your overall health in so many ways. So I hope this information helps you um, kind of make your decision on whether you want to take a supplement or, um, you know, just make an opinion about probiotics and prebiotics. Um, it's really up to you. I, um, I, I think if you're eating a full-on plant-based diet, and it's very diverse, the foods you eat in that diet, you're probably getting enough probiotics and prebiotics, but not everybody can do that. So maybe, you know, a supplement is in, you know, something that you want to consider. So as always, I hope um, you take this information and do what you want with it and keep making good choices and um, uh, have a good day. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh,